You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Hello, thank you for listening. My name's Charlotte Greenway. This is episode 99 of the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast, and it's Friday the 20th of October. An episode jam-packed with Kipco British Champions Day content coming your way, for which I'm sure you'll all know by now the races on the round course will be run on the inner course at Ascot, essentially the hurdles course, to provide a sounder surface and avoid having heavy in the going description following all this recent rain. Now we'll get straight into the action and start with the first race, the Long Distance Cup, for which Kiprios heads the market. And although you'd expect him to step forward from his Irish St Ledger second, he'll certainly need to. One horse who will be delighted by all this rain, although disadvantaged by the move to the inner track, is Truchan, who looks back to his best after a wind op, having won the Doncaster Cup and the Prix de Cadran. And here's his trainer, Alan King, with how he's been getting on since his win in France. Yeah, it's all gone well, Nick, really. Um, came out of France in good form. Um, he did a little bit of work on Saturday. Robin Smith, my assistant in Rising Video, but very happy with him. And um, he's having a little session on the treadmill this morning, which again he loves. So yeah, listen, so far, I'm very happy the way he's, he's returned from France. And that victory in, in France last time, I mean, the, the ground must have been about as quick as he would have wanted it. Well, he wouldn't have run on Sunday. <laughs> we only just got away with it, you know. Um, but we would, you know, it dried a lot over the, through the night and over the Sunday morning. So, yeah, we, we were fortunate it was the first day. And do you think really it's just a sign of his general well-being since you, since you tinkered with his breathing? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. It seems to it seems to have got him back to sort of where we were, or, or certainly on the way back to that. Anyway, and you look at the race on on Saturday on Saturday, and I know Kiprios is in there, but how how hard do you rate his task relative to his three previous victories in the race? Oh, it's good. I mean, I haven't seen the, the confirmations yet, but yes, I'm, it, it, it'll be tough. It always is. And I, I thought Kipri's run a very pleasing race first time back, you know, and he's he's had plenty of time to get over that, so he, he's. Um, He's going to be very difficult to beat, I would have thought. And the more I watch Trushan, the more I realise what an just what an unusual horse he is, because he can do things in a race that you you don't see a lot of stayers do. He'll suddenly lock onto the bridle and show this remarkable mid-race enthusiasm. And you think, well, he can never get home from there, and he just keeps going. Well, that's right. I mean, Doncaster was <laughs> was pretty awful viewing. I mean, I've never seen a horse do so much wrong and still manage to win a, a good race like that, you know, and... Um, he was just very fresh that day and they, they kept slowing it up but um, um, certainly France was much more um, enjoyable to watch than, than Doncaster had been and I remember that that first um, long distance cup he won at Ascot when he really sort of took everyone by surprise with that display of shock and awe and you think well there he is held up and he, he again he sort of suddenly took off didn't he yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, he's, 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 everything he's done has been quite remarkable through his career. So, you know, nobody should be surprised, really. I'm certainly not. He's, he's, a, he's a remarkable horse. 
Tomorrow is, of course, Frankie de Tori's farewell in Europe, although it doesn't sound like we can totally rule him out returning to Royal Ascot next year. Nevertheless, I'm sure he'd like to go out with a winner, and his ride Trawler Man in the first might have a little bit to find, but Kinross in the second, the champion sprint, is a heavy favourite to win the race again. He's been a wonderful horse for connections, an ultra-consistent and relishes soft ground, so it's hard to see past him tomorrow. And when Nick caught up with Jamie McCalmont, racing manager to owner Mark Chan, they discussed his chance along with Angel Blurs in the QE2. I would say the weather has been very good to us for once this year and both horses are going to love the conditions. Um, you know, Hector gave uh, Angel Blur an amazing uh, ride last time, so it's kind of nice that he's kept the mount, if you know what I mean. And, um, you know, the horse has been an amazing... You know, we've gone on an amazing road with uh, Angel Blur. I mean, to run on a Saturday at Ascot and then come back and win a Goodwood on a Tuesday... I don't see many two. Year- I, I couldn't name too many two-year-olds in my lifetime that have uh, managed to achieve that. So we're very excited about him standing in Nulon Bizakov's farm in France. Um, we always wanted him to go to France. Um, that's you know where he was born. That's where he won his two Group One races. And you know French breeding seems to be you know going in a really good d- direction last uh, right now. You know their sales are all up. They've had some amazing results on the track. You know, the art winner Paddington. So yeah, all all very positive. All yeah, we go to Ascot in a very in a very upbeat mood anyway. All right, so uh, Kinross, let's let's deal with him in in a bit more depth because he is a, the star of the show. He's taken you to to every show and he's delivered pretty much every single time. If you're going to do these three races in quick succession, it's gonna it's gonna take an impressive, uh, seamless performance at least in in the first leg, isn't it? Yes, I think uh, you know we don't. We yeah, you know, we want to take one step at a time with this horse. You know, he is six years old now, so you know, making too many plans, it's just basically one race at a time. But it's a bit like uh, his his rider's career. You know, it, it could be it could be three weeks, it could be three years with him. You, you know, so to start saying I'm gonna we're gonna be here, we're gonna be in California in November, and we're gonna be in Hong Kong in December. I kind of you know. You start sort of making statements about those things. It kind of, I, I don't know, it kind of, I think it can jinx you sometimes. So we, 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 we want to go, enjoy Saturday and then Sunday we'll start making plans of where we go next. Second favourite for the sprint is Philly Vadream, who appears to come into her own in these sorts of conditions. And Nick asked her trainer, Charlie Fellows, this morning whether it was possible the ground could ever be too soft for her. No, no. As long as it's as long as racing goes ahead, uh, it, it, I really, really don't. Um, I would like more and more rain, as much rain as is physically possible, without it being cancelled. Basically, um, is she is she the most ground contingent horse you've had? Yeah, I think she is. I mean, I, I, I think it's. I think. I think you know. Even even sort of good to soft, soft in places isn't soft enough for her. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't think I've had a horse that is. You know, she'd be she'd be thirty three to one on good to soft ground for this race. She's six to one second favourite uh, on what is probably going to be soft, heavy in places or heavy soft in places, depending on how much more rain we get. Uh, and if we know she likes soft ground, there's one other thing she absolutely loves, and it's Ascot. It seems uh, the combination could be absolutely deadly. Um, the key is what sort of form have you got her in? Uh, 
ex- excellent. Um, she's got an excellent record at Ascot. Um, she, I don't, she's not the most straightforward horse in the world. Um, you know, everything has to go right. She's a typical sprinter, really, in that it doesn't take much just to tip her over the edge. Um, and in the July Cup, where everything looked like it had come good, because she's also got quite a good record at Newmarket, the rain came for the July Cup. Uh, the horse box taking her from our yard up to the races managed to break down in the mile journey uh, and she then had to get off the horse box wait for another one for half an hour and then got, you know, by that time she'd run her race so it, it, she's one of those that really needs everything to go right but Ascot I don't know, it just seems to work for her and when she ran in the Bengoff last time, I've never, ever, ever seen her so relaxed and so calm in the preliminaries. She just, she, she could, I knew before the race that she was in good order uh, and she was easy to saddle up and she just was in a good, good headspace. And as long as everything goes exactly the same tomorrow and hopefully, you know, the same, her race starts from the moment she leaves our yard. It's not, it's not, it's not from the moment she goes into those gates. Her race starts for the moment she leaves her yard and if anything goes wrong from that period to the moment she crosses the line um then uh, then it'll affect the way she runs carl burke had five entries for tomorrow during the week including a couple in the sprint and so when i spoke to him on wednesday i started by asking him how many of those he's likely to run hopefully all five um all five will go uh two in the sprint um poptronic Elan Du gets in the um, in the handicap and Royal Rhine. And looking at the sprint for Spycatcher, he ran his best race to um, two runs back in the Primary to Geese when he just went down a short head. Is he a horse that is going to really appreciate the ground? Uh, he handles soft ground. He wants soft ground, really. So um, there's no worries there. Um, you know, it probably wasn't the strongest renewal of the Morris de Geese, but... He was a little bit unlucky to run, uh, to, not to win, really. Um, Maxine Guillaume rode him. He hadn't ridden him before and probably just hit the front of, you know, at least half a furlong too soon. And he just got outstayed close home, although he battled away well. Um, so he was a little, I, we felt he, he probably could have won rather than should have won, but could have, could have won. Um, he goes there in great form. It's a tough race, but, you know, it's huge prize money. You've got to give it a, give it a go. And last time, possibly a little bit disappointing. Do you think maybe he just didn't quite see the seven furlongs out? I think that as well. And we just had a few little training issues going into that. And he probably, um, he probably, you know, ran up, blew up as well. So I can forgive him that one. And seven furlongs definitely with with him needing the run a little bit, um, definitely caught him out, you know. And swing along, she's an ultra-consistent filly and ran really well last time at Haydock um, in the Sprint Cup there. How do you see her faring on Saturday? She She's a very high-class filly and um, she was a little bit unlucky, really. In, in, uh, I think she could have been a bit closer, not saying she'd have won, but uh, I was pretty sure that uh, pretty sure that um, they'd come down the stand rail and we were drawn the high, down that stand rail. We jumped and we like to go forward and she likes to get on with it. But nothing came with us. They all sort of um, went over the far side and she's a real tough filly when something comes to her. So for her to only be beat a length and a half and staying on again like that, I think if something had raced with her, she could have gone closer. Like, you know. So she's a very good filly. 
ground, although she's a showcase in the usually light slow ground, ground would be against her a little bit to be at her best, I think. Um, she, she's performed real well on, on good, good fast ground, you know. And Royal Rhyme, he's certainly the, the intriguing runner of yours over the weekend. He's just looked a new horse the last twice when he sort of bolted up uh, and then ran really well at air to chase down Pride of America. What's brought about this change, do you think? I think he's just a late maturing horse. Again, he's had a few um, little niggles. He ran once at two and when he won there, he, he was only half fit, um, but loves the ground. The ground's the key to him. It was soft the first run as a two-year-old and he bathed away really well he's always a horse I thought that had a, a big engine in him but he was pretty um not fragile but you know he always had his training niggles after a gallop and you, you know you'd always have to back off him so um maturity really he, he's getting stronger all the time he's putting on weight all the time and he's in a real good place at the moment whether he's good enough to to win a group one I don't know but there's the, certainly the slow ground will help him yeah, and it's certainly a big step up from the listed grade, which you won on last time. But is it more sort of trying to find out a little bit more about where you're going next season? Or do you sort of think, you know, he really could be up to this class? Um, I think it's more about uh, a big pot of prize money. And uh, Sheikh Mohammed Obedi's owner was uh, was happy to, to enter him and have a go. So um, it, it, if I was, which I which I am... But, yeah, it is a bit of a punt and we'll find out um, where we are for next season. But, you know, if, if he finishes third or fourth, he's, he's picking up a big lump of money. So um, while it's not all about the money and, uh, you know, you want the prestige of being in these races and, he, and the heavy rain coming, you know, if it was good ground, he probably wouldn't be going. But um, with this heavy rain arriving, then he goes there with a, a fighting chance for a place. Yeah, and there might, just might not be too many run, runners either because a few of them have got other options. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, um, no, very happy to run him and take his chance. And whatever he does this time, I think he will improve again. But uh, as I say, you know, it's a, it's a big ask. It's a big step up. But I, I, I'm sure he won't disgrace himself. Lining up alongside Angel Blur in the QE2, who we heard a little bit about earlier from Jane McCalmont, will hopefully be Dermot Weld's triple Group 1 winning three-year-old filly, Tahira. She's right up there in the market, currently second favourite behind Paddington and still lightly raced. She looks a filly who's still very much improving and Dermot Weld provided Nick with an update on her earlier this week. Very happy with her in every way. Um, she's come out of her excellent win in the Matron in good form and uh, she's all set to take part on Saturday uh, provided the ground is suitable. When you say suitable, I'm presuming you mean a little give. Yeah, exactly. So there's no extremes, if you know what I mean, as long as the ground is an extreme. Just looking at her season in the round, three group ones and a narrow miss in a in a group one as well, it, it's pretty pretty solid to say the very least. Which do you think has been the best of her performances this year? Uh, it's hard to say. She's been a model of consistency. Remember, we spoke way back in the spring of this year and I said before the... English 1000 guineas, I need another two weeks. I remember explaining to you about fillies in the month of April and the late March, how they often take time to come. And um, she ran a wonderful race, but not just maybe at her peak for the 1000 guineas in England. She put up an excellent performance when she won the Irish guineas. I thought she was extremely good at Royal Ascot. And then she beat 
two older mares when she won the matron. You know, she beat a four-year-old and a five-year-old. Funnily enough, going back to that 1,000 guineas at Newmarket, the, the form's looking pretty good now as well. The pair of the miles clear. More just come back off a long absence to win in Keeneland. Matilda Picot looks like the best seven furlong filly around. It, it actually is standing up as a, as, a, as a really good classic. It was. It was indeed. And on the day, I thought, despite she needed another two weeks, it would take a really, really good filly to beat her, which it did. And you did say as well when we spoke in the spring, you, th- you said, I'm, I want to save her a little bit for some of those best autumn targets, which is always a way you've, exactly. you've done exactly. things. Did- exactly. And, you know, consistency is what you try to achieve as a trainer. And consistency at Group 1 is what we enjoy doing. And do you think there's a possibility, given all of that and given the way that you've trained her and been quite circumspect, is there a possibility that we're about to see a real breakout performance against the toughest opposition. She's a very dependable, very consistent filly. And I'm quite sure she'll run a very good race on Saturday. As I said, my only concern is the weather forecast really now for Friday night, Saturday morning. When Paddington won the Sussex Stakes at Goodwood on terrible ground, the French raider Factor Cheval was only a length and a half behind him at the line, potentially flattered a little bit by how the race was run. But it seems the QE2 has been the main target for Factor Cheval for quite some time. And when Nick spoke to his trainer, Jérôme Renier, this morning, he asked whether he believes there's any reasons why his colt should get closer to Paddington this time around. Uh, is there's a less uh, advantage weight for Paddington this time, and uh, I mean the question of the straight course will be uh, very interesting. Is um, uh, not eligible to race in the Prix uh, Jacques Le Marois during the summer in Deauville because he's a gelding, so that's the only way to to test him over one mile straight uh, but I think uh, there will be some pace with Big Rock and Paddington so that would be a proper uh, test and we know that he's able to stay a little bit further because he was uh, such a, a good uh, runner in the Prédispan of uh, nine furlongs so he's got his ground he's got a, probably a, a good trip for him um, he's in good shape he hasn't been racing for a month and a half because he was prepping this uh, target. So, I mean, I was quite pleased with the way he has been traveling for the first time uh, abroad uh, for in Goodwood early uh, in August. Uh, he came back in good shape. He's been able to race back one month later in the Prix du Moulin Longchamp, where the conditions were quite fast with a very good ground. So now he's probably in a better shape and uh, having more uh, things for him so we can only hope for the best and, and I do like somebody with a plan and in fairness before he even ran at Goodwood so way back end of July we spoke and you said the QE2 ask it really is my is my big target you you knew that there was going to be a strong likelihood of of soft ground have you worked backwards from here in the way that you've trained him are you training him to peak on this day yeah, sure. I mean, that's uh, the race of his life, probably, but that's probably one of the hottest contests on uh, over one mile in, in Europe this year. Uh, Tahiha and Paddington and Big Rock, I mean, that's a very, very strong field. So that would be a good test to, to know where he can go next year. But, um, yeah, obviously, he has been uh, always answering to everything we've been asking him. So he's always here and uh, gives his best. 
and he's a very genuine horse and uh, he's a lovely horse. I mean, he just deserves to 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 win one race like that. But I think I mean tomorrow will be a bit tough uh, because he's probably just uh, under the, the the best horses. But you never know. Well, I mean. Yeah, if they go a bit too fast in front, they will probably find it a bit long. And uh, if we are waiting behind these this kind of horses that are like uh, going, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they are tough, but uh, they, that's the, the, the end of the season. And they've had a, a tough campaign, Paddington and, uh, and Big Rock. So if they are a little bit tired on, the, on that day, we, we hope to bring a horse with a little fresher and, uh, and, and yeah, and can keep them on the day. John and Thady Gosden go into tomorrow £300,000 clear of Aidan O'Brien in the UK Trainers' Championship. And so, just before the declaration deadline on Thursday morning, Nick put a call into John Gosden to find out which of his powerful team he was going to declare. I think the main one that will not declare at this stage is in spiral and could well be looking towards uh, Santa Anita. What about Nashua? How's she doing? She's fine. She's fine. She's she's in good order. She hasn't obviously. She ran a great race in the Irish Champion, and she will she will run in the mile now. She yeah. showed a lot of class in soft ground over a mile in uh, at the July meeting. Uh, and she's had an amazing season, really. Uh, how impressed, stroke, surprise have you been by by the kind of relish that she's taken her races with? She's great. Great attitude. She really. Uh, very positive about everything she does. She doesn't get uh, things and go quite right. It's a good route for her. And she finished stronger than anything in the Irish champion. So to that extent, she's been remarkably consistent all year at the top level. And, and if Inspiral ended up being a fairly easy decision and likewise Nashua, am I right in saying that whether or not to run Mostard Aff has been a bigger, a bigger dilemma? Well, I've discussed it at length, uh, obviously, with Angus Gold and with Sheikh Hissa last uh, night, and we're going to leave him in the race uh, at this stage, and then we'll, uh, Angus and I'll get our, our boots on and walk the track on, on Saturday morning. What's your What's your instinct at the moment? I'd like to see how much more rain they get and how it walks. So Mossadaf's participation in the champion stakes is still very much up in the air. The moving to the inside track will increase his chances. And Angus Gold did remind us this week that he has won on soft ground before, albeit not at this sort of level. He's vying for favouritism at the moment with Horizon Door, who's a bit of an unknown quantity as he heads over from France, having won his last four, although this will be his first start in Group 1 company, and he's not proven on very soft ground. One that is, though, is last year's winner, Bay Bridge, and he ran more than respectably in the arc, considering how quick the ground ended up being. And Sir Michael Stout's assistant trainer, James Savage, spoke to Nick this morning about how he's come out of that run. Yeah, he's done really well, uh, Nick. He travelled back great. Um, he's come out of the race in good good shape, and he's, um, he's in good form. His last gallop was nice. Um, so we're, we're happy. We're happy with... Uh, we're happy with him uh, as an you know in himself, and we're also happy that the the rain's fallen at Ascot. But um, yeah, we'll get onto the track such thing in, in in a little while when we talk about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, we will we'll come to well. But why don't we t- touch on it now? I mean, I I guess for you, you'd rather they were on the outer track because he's a big galloping horse and he absolutely loves soft ground. Um, is, is it a concern for you if they move it inside? Well, it, it it's not con- it's not a concern. We have to give up. We, you, you know. The, the, 
the panel will make the right decision for for the race but like i i looked at the bha website there about uh, about an hour ago now and i think they've updated that it's um there's heavy patches on the on the 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 normal course but it's still uh good to soft on the inner course so their forecast another seven to eight mil at least so you'd imagine even the inner course will be will be closer to soft than good so we can't complain and and as far as um his his sort of general well-being and the way he's run this year is concerned are there grounds for thinking that tomorrow he can do what he did in this race last year that he can come back to his best yeah absolutely i mean if you you look back through his races he's, he's run some really good races you could argue you could argue he over raced in in the Gane and things didn't go right and then he was just lacking a bit of space to out at the current ran a big race there i think he ran a huge race in the arc on ground that had baked um where he raced and again he just just little over raced a little bit again there so um you know, we've been without winning. We've been happy with each run. Uh, so tomorrow, everything's going to be in his favour. Apart from the fact, well, maybe apart from the fact I don't see much pace in the race. But um, um, yeah, we can't complain about anything tomorrow. And I normally, if there's no pace in a race and you're on a horse who stays well, you say, "Well, fine, we'll we'll crack on." But the way he's been running this season, you you can't really do that. You've got to take a lead, haven't you? Well, that'll be ultimately left to. Sir Michael and Richard Kingscut, but I personally, I think from stall eight, you, you might do a bit too much going on. Um, you, you just hope that something grabs it by the horns and says, right, we'll go from a lower draw maybe and we can just tuck in and, and get a lead on heels. Um, it, it, it might be a tactical race. Although not really proven on the ground, connections seem pretty undeterred by the prospect of soft ground for King of Steel in the Champion Stakes, who Frankie Dettori will be aboard for the first time in public, and Ammo Racing Supremo Kia Jarabchin spoke to Nick at the beginning of the week about his chance. We've always targeted Champions Day Breeders' Cup towards the end of this, towards the end of the season, and clearly Roger feels he's in great shape. Um, to go to Champions Day and um, Frankie sat on him the last two weekends and basically has reported that, you know, he's he's working very, very well and he's in good shape. So we're all very, very excited about it. Well, I made the point on the podcast yesterday that although he's a humongous horse, that doesn't always equate to being A, slow, or B, wanting very soft ground. From from the picture that you're building up of him now and talking to Roger and the various uh, riders who've been on him, what, what's your view of what he wants? Honestly, I think he is, you know, he's so diverse, you know, as good horses are. You know, when you have, a you know, a, a great horse, you know, the diversity is there. I don't think... You know, bottomless ground, um, as in when he ran the fraturity as a two-year-old. I know he was quite a baby, and and we threw him in a little bit in the deep end then. But the ground was bottomless, and I think because he's such a big horse, he doesn't want that kind of ground. Obviously, personally speaking, I think he loves that good ground because he's so big and he glides over the top of it. Um, but. You know, when it gets too, too soft, I think he sinks a little bit. And of course, he's got to lift all his weight out of that ground. So um, probably don't want too soft. But 10 furlongs looks pretty much ideal for him. Are you of the 
view that he perhaps didn't quite get home in the King George or not? No, I think he he you know he got beat by two extremely extremely talented horses in Westover and Mustafa that both you know have done a much older than him and have had more experience than him and you know and uh, probably he took you know he beat every three year old in the race and he clearly that was his first win against Augustine as well so I think. He did a very, you know, he ran a very respectable race and a very, and he ran a great race on the, in the King George, in my opinion. He just got beat by two older horses. Trainer George Bowie and owner Steve Hillen had a tricky decision to make with five-year-old mare Via Sestina, who won the Group 1 Pretty Polly Stakes this season, as she held an entry in the Phillies and Mares and also the Champion Stakes. Connections have opted for the latter, and Nick asked George what swayed their decision. She's a filly who we haven't run over a mile and a half. Certainly, I haven't, and um, I think it's sort of probably our optimum trip. And like it's going to be a smaller field and, and probably less hard luck stories. And we think, you know, if the if the rain comes on top of what we've already had, we assume it's going to go to the inner track. We assume there's still going to be a bucket load more rain Friday, and it's going to be pretty testing. Is there a limit to how soft she wants it? I, d- I actually don't think so. Um, Guineas weekend in Newmarket, it was biblical. Um, very, very soft ground. And, you know, she seems to handle it. I think it's probably forgotten by a few that it was the arguably the fastest lady good when she won the Pretty Polly. Um, so she, you know, she's very versatile. But I think if I could choose, I would certainly be choosing um, choosing this ground because it might hinder others. She, she's maintained a level of form since since winning at, at the Curra. When, when you look at her runs in the Falmouth and then at Deauville behind Marquise de Sevigny, who's a very good mare, what what do you think? How do you reflect on those performances? Uh, look, she, I, I probably backed her up too quickly at, at um, Newmarket in hindsight over a trip that was too short, but we had a lot of rain. Um, it, it's officially good ground, but it was certainly softer than that. Um, she ran ten pounds below her form, probably, and then stepped up massively, sort of in Deauville. Um, arguably, should have won. Um, I think you know we might have hit the front a little bit too soon, and she got lonely. She's, you know, that for me was the big thing to not go twelve farthings. You know, she's she's got plenty of pace. And when you look at the the opposition in the in the champion stakes, you look at a a French horse who's on the up, Horizon Doré, but hasn't really got proven form in, in deep ground. The, the reigning champ, Bay Bridge, and a King of Steel. Who do you fear the most? I think King of Steel is the one to beat for me at the moment. Um, I think he's going to handle the ground. Obviously, Bay Bridge was a winner on it last year. and um, I, I want to see the French horse go and do it on very soft ground. Um, most of his form this year has been... I know it's advertised as good to soft in France, but the only time he actually ran on heavy ground was back in May when he got beaten by Big Rock. So um, he's likely to sit off the pace and, and be ridden for a turn of foot. So, um, yeah, I think Kia's King of Steel is probably, probably the one that I'd, if I could swap, I don't think I would swap, but if I could, that would be the one that I'd take. 
it's not just uh, Via Sestina that you're running at, at Ascot on, on Saturday. You've got believing as well in the cachet colours of, of High Clear. You believed in believing before the Sprint Cup at Haydock and you were very, very nearly justified, ran an incredible race in third. What are you anticipating at the weekend, six furlong soft ground? I think the ground is the one possible question mark. You know, if it was soft ground, I'd be very confident that she'd give her absolute running. The, if it is heavy... Um, that you know, it's a complete unknown. She might handle it even better than I think, but um, she's very versatile. She's in great form, and you know, it's quite a for a syndicate to stump up twenty thousand quid. It's to to supplement in Haydock. You had to be pretty confident. And although she was sixty six to one, I was pretty bullish. She'd run as well as she did, and um, drawn away from the pace. Well, what ended up being the pace. I think if she's in the mix on Saturday, you know, draw nicely, then then I think we'll see her very competitive. So there we go. Hopefully plenty of insight for you ahead of Kipco British Champions Day at Ascot tomorrow. Nick will be back as usual on Monday morning and he'll be reviewing all the action as well as bring you all the latest news from around the world of horse racing. Thank you once again for listening. Enjoy the weekend. Goodbye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.